And what did I start last week with you? Overcoming the spirit of what? Intimidation. Is that alright? Intimidation which has to do with fears, anxieties, and a lot of things that make you to do what you are not supposed to do. You need to overcome it. Hallelujah. And I'm going to make, uh, perhaps, as we progress in this, I'm going to cause you to see one or two things that definitely can make you overcome intimidation. But as I am going on, you should be able to pick some. But essentially, last week, I made you to understand from John 13 that Jesus washed the disciples' feet because he knew all things have been given to him by the Father and that he came from the Father and that he is the Son of God. That knowledge alone made him to do what he did without thinking twice, without being intimidated as to who we want to accept him, as to whether he's occupying a position of authority as a leader, no. Once you can overcome that as a leader, you can flow and function with everybody. Hallelujah. Amen. He was the disciples' feet. Verse 4 is the key point. He was the disciples' feet because he knew he was the son of God. So that knowledge of who you are delivers you from the spirit of intimidation. Hallelujah. All right. Now in John 10 verse 36 again, John 10, 36, still looking at Jesus. The Bible says, a stranger, no, did I say John 10, 36? Come, good. Say of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest, because I said, I am the Son of God. This knowledge was so strong in the hearts of Jesus. That whatever thing he was doing, he has a consciousness that is the son of God. And so he was not intimidated. Are you with me? He could do anything. He could serve people. He could mix with people. He could eat with people. Why? Because he was the son of God. You know, some of us have come to the place where I'm talking about ministers and those occupying positions of authority. Not because of the last size of your church or of the church, but you see, people have to fill forms to see you. Right? They have to apply sometimes two days ahead. A lot of protocols, a lot of protocol officers all over the place, you know, guarding you, surrounding the entrance like angels, surrounding the tree of life before they can meet with you. Right? Uh, for me, it's a spirit of intimidation. You have just been... You see, you, you, I don't know, but I'm going to show you some scriptures here. And we're going to read a couple of scriptures this day. Let me look at the life of Jeroboam for you and see leadership that suffered because of the spirit of intimidation. Right? Jer um, Jeroboam. I'm looking at 1 Kings 11, verse 28. You're going to read a little bit fast with me this morning because we have a couple of scriptures. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 28. Praise the Lord. All right. And the man Jeroboam was a mighty man of valor. And Solomon, seeing the young man that he was industrious, he made him ruler over all the child of the house of Joseph. Now, this is when Solomon was building his house or the temple. 
next verse says, verse 30, very quickly with me, verse 30, and it says, and it came to pass, okay, 29, and it came to pass that when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem, that the prophet, now you listen to this, very important, Ahijah, the Shilonite, found him in the way, and he had clothed himself with a new garment, and they too were alone in the field. Now, there is something I want you to catch. You need to go back to study or listen to our message on the benefits of service or all of those things. This young man was just doing something. He wasn't asking people. He wasn't doing it for reward. The Bible says he was industrious. Is that okay? Solomon saw him as a king. God saw him, you know, even as God. I saw his heart, saw the way he was walking. And decide to promote him. The Bible says Ahijah came in. And look at what Ahijah did. And Ahijah called the new garment that was on him. And rent it in 12 pieces. Now you follow this closely. And he said to Jeroboam. Take the 10 pieces for thus saith the Lord. The God of Israel behold. I will end and rent the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon. And I will give 10 tribes to thee. Hallelujah. But he shall have one tribe for my servants David's sake. And for Jerusalem's sake, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. Amen. Okay, go very quickly to verse, I mean, 1 Kings 12, verse 15. Now get this story. God said, I'm going to give you 10 tribes. In other words, I'm making you a king. He didn't work for it. He didn't fight for it. I'm making you a king. Because he has a good heart for the service of God. Some of you, your promotion has been delayed because of the state of your heart towards the things of God. You get that? Okay. Now, yeah. So First King chapter 12 verse 15. Wherefore the king hearkened not unto the people for the cause. What? Now, what is happening here was when Jeroboam was told to lessen the burden of the people and he said, my father's little fingers, I mean, um, you, you know the story then? Okay, when he was saying he was going to increase the taxation of the people. So here he says, when the king hearkened not unto the people, for the cause was from the Lord, that he might perform his saying, which the Lord spake by Ahijah, the Shulamite, unto Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. Now you listen to this. Why did Rehoboam not listen to what the elders said to him. But because God wanted to perform what he has spoken by Ahijah the prophet. Did you get that? Okay. So that, that tells you something that God uses means to bring some of his prophetic word in your life to pass. How that can happen you can't tell. It's mysterious. Prophetic words are not directly fulfilled the way you expect them to be fulfilled. Example, we are told that Jesus was going to be born in Bethlehem, Judah. Remember that? That was a prophecy. How did it happen? How did it come to pass? We are told Herod, the king, made a decree that everybody should go to his own home to be taxed. So Joseph carried Mary. It was the purpose of taxation and the prophecy came to be fulfilled. 
It was not a prophet that said, go to Jerusalem, go to, go to Bethlehem. It was the king that said, everybody must go home to be taxed. So they have to go to their own native home to be able to pay their tax in their own native home. And Jesus was born. Fulfilling the prophecy that was going to be born in Bethlehem. Can you get that? Okay, here, Rehoboam refused to listen because God wanted to fulfill a prophecy that is giving ten tribes unto who? Unto Jeroboam. Some things happen in your life without you understanding that their prophetic words have been fulfilled. Can I hear an amen to that? So wherefore the king had came not unto the people for the cause was from the Lord that he might perform his saying which the Lord spake by Ahijah the Shilohite unto Jeroboam the son of Nadab. Verse 16. And he said, So when all Israel saw that the king hanging not unto them, the people answered the king, saying, What portion have we in David? Neither have we inheritance the son of Jesse. To your tent, O Israel. Now see to thy own house, David. So Israel departed unto what? Unto their tent. Go to verse 17. But as for the children of Israel, now remember, Israel and Judah. Is that okay? But as for the children of Israel, quit dwelt in the cities of Judah, Rehoboam reigned over them. Good. And verse 20. Oh man, sorry. We have verse 18 now. Then King Rehoboam sent Adoram, who was over the tribute, and all Israel stoned him with stones. You know, they wanted to go and collect tax from those people. And they stoned him with stones. That he died. Therefore, King Rehoboam made a speed to get him up to his chariot to flee to Jerusalem. So Israel rebelled against the house of David until this day. Okay? All right. Um, let me see if that's what I'm looking for again. Go to verse 26. Verse 26. And Jeroboam said in his heart. Now you listen. Meaning right from this time, Jeroboam began to reign over the ten tribes of Israel. Fulfilling the prophecy of Ahijah. Are you listening to me? And Jeroboam said in his heart, the heart problem again. Now shall the kingdom return to the house of David. Who told him? Intimidation. Fear. Can you get this now? Are you listening to what I'm talking about now? You know, some of you, God has said some things to you. And fear is just there. You are just unnecessarily being intimidated by circumstances. Why will he conceive this? Look at verse 27. 27. If these people go up to do sacrifice in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then shall the heart of these people turn again unto their Lord, even unto Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they shall kill me and go again to Rehoboam, king of Judah. Can you imagine conceptions? Even after God has spoken to him, I'm giving you ten tribes. He's still thinking of dying. He's still thinking of people overthrowing him. He's still thinking of, now let me show you what he did. Just because of these thoughts. Whereupon the king took counsel and made two cars of gold and said unto them, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods, O Israel, we brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Can you imagine that? Did you see what happened here? And because of fear, he made images and he referred to those images as the gods of Israel. Spirit of intimidation. God has given you ten tribes. 
Nobody is struggling there with you. But he ended up becoming an idol worshiper because he was intimidated in his heart. Praise the living God. You following me? And this is a serious thing that I want you to consider. Look at verse 29. Verse 29 says, And he sent the one in Bethel, and the other he put in Dan. So you know what he did? It's like he just considered the city, all the nation, put one at the estrament, put the other one estrament. What is he trying to do? To stop the people from going to Jerusalem to do what? To worship. Who told him people wanted to go to Jerusalem? Simple spirit of intimidation. Some of you are losing yourselves, losing your position. Remember what Jesus did? Because he knew that he was the son of God. Nothing was intimidating him. If only Jeroboam had come to that understanding that God has made me a king. That was all. All he needed to do was to go to God if there's anything he wanted to do. Hallelujah. But now, human perception, intimidation, go to verse 30, came into his heart. And what's the next thing? And this thing became a sin for the people went to worship before the one even unto Dan. They were not worshiping idols because their king said don't go to Jerusalem. And he has no better option to do that. What's the next thing? Look at verse, the next verse. 32. And he made a house of high places and made priests of the lowest of the people which were not of the sons of Levi. Even those who were not called into ministry he made them pastors. I want you, want you to understand what intimidation can do to you. You lose your senses. Hmm? He did not only set up idols, he was setting up altars everywhere and consecrating people to become priests. Even though, remember, as at this time, only the house of Levi were to produce the priests. But now he was, are you ready for pastors? You come, come. Take this altar, worship here. Just take these people. Don't you know we're having similar thing going on today in this country? Every poll, there have to be a church. Even those who are not called. If you can build a house, if you can pay a good tithe, you are a pastor. That's Jeroboam ministry. Intimidation. Are you still following what I'm talking about here? I want you to catch it because it's so, it's so important. It's so important. So the spirit of fear of losing people it's what led Jeroboam into all of this. This is not pastoral ministry, but I will let you say this. Why do you think we actually do some program that we are doing in churches? It's the spirit of fear, so that we don't lose members. We want to keep the members. Therefore, we have to put up programs, even when God has not asked us to do so. It's a Jeroboam spirit, born out of the spirit of what? Intimidation, not more. Are you with me? Praise the living God. So, the fear of losing his position as a king led him to into idolatry, forgetting that God gave it to him prophetically. God made him a king. Even when he less think about it, even when he was not dreaming about it, he said, I'm going to make you a king and I'm going to give you ten tribes. Hallelujah. I will leave two tribes for David's sake and for Jerusalem's sake, where my name is, and I'll give those two tribes to Rehoboam. But for you, I'm giving you ten tribes. What did he do? Was he praying? Is it because he prayed very well before God gave that to him? No. But what's the next thing that happened? 
because of the spirit of intimidation. Some of you, even the jobs God has given to you, even the, the position God has given to you, you're losing them, doing things that are not supposed to be done because you are intimidated in your spirit. I will lose this thing if I don't do this. I will lose this thing. Some of you, even your children, God, may I not lose my children. Why do you think you are going to lose your child in any form? That which God has given to you, he has no sorrow to it. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? You need to have a solid heart. You know what the Bible says? God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, of what? And a sound mind. Be strong knowing that that which God has given to you, no man. Jesus said, even all that the Father has given to me, no man will pluck them out of my hand. No man, anything God gave to you, is well able to protect. What did Paul say? So I know that the Lord, whom I serve, is able to preserve that which I have committed into his hand. It is going to idolatry just because you are afraid of people. Let me show you another man. What's the time there, Pastor? That's all right. Oof. Let me show you another story. Story of another man in the Bible. I'm going to illustrate about three, four stories to, to you today, maybe three or two. Let's look at this, the life of Ahithophel. And now we'll go to the uh, Second Samuel chapter 16. And let's look at verse 23. Second Samuel 16, 23. Now look at the description. Very interesting. And the Bible says, and the counsel of Ahithophel which a council in those days was as if a man had inquired at the oracle of God. So was all the council of Ahithophel, both with David and with Absalom. When this man talks to you, huh? it's like God is pouring down. Sharp, direct. We are not told he was a prophet, but his counsel Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm talking about? <laughs> now, maybe I'll give you this as a bonus. How many of you understand when God asked Solomon after the sacrifices, I think First King chapter 3, in the dream of the night, and said, what do you want? And Solomon said, I need wisdom. Why do you think Solomon asked for wisdom? Because the mother Bathsheba this is the uncle to Bathsheba. And in the family, they understood wisdom. And he told Solomon, this is the only thing that gives life. My uncle was a perfect man. When he speaks to a person, it's like the oracle of God. And this is what made Solomon to ask for wisdom from God. Are you getting that? And so when Solomon was writing, in Solomon in Proverbs 4-7 said, wisdom is the principal thing. And we thought I get in get what? Understanding. So get wisdom with the principal thing. And we thought I get in get what? Understanding. What is understanding? Understanding is the ability to apply the wisdom that you have. Are you following that? Life is centered on wisdom and understanding. At any point in time. Now, that's another thing. We can discuss that some other time. But here is the counsel of Ahithophel. Perfect, sharp, and direct. Okay, go to chapter 17, 2 Samuel, verse 1. 2 Samuel, chapter 17, verse 1. Moreover, Ahithophel said unto Absalom. Now, listen to this. Absalom had already gotten problem with the father. 
right? Whether to overthrow the father and all of that, some of you, you need to begin to pray against the spirit of Absalom that wants to rebel against constituted authorities so that you can become the best man of the people. <laughs> you know what Absalom was doing? Absalom, when people, it's out by the gate, anybody who come, he would touch them and place his hand on them and the people fell in love with Absalom. This man is a better king than the father. That is why sometimes it's very important for you to understand that in leadership, you don't have to be too far away from your people. The people say the heart of Israel went to Absalom because anytime you come to Absalom, he will be petting you. Okay, is that your problem? I'll take care of you. Don't, don't worry. You know, the people felt loved. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Jesus applied the same thing. Touch lepers, touch people. Touch is very powerful. Hmm? So if you're a leader, you're leading people, you're always standing far away, they can't get close to you. They can't get into your heart. That's something you know. You must understand. Okay, anyhow, look at what it says there. Moreover, Ahitophel said unto Absalom, let me now choose 12 men, 1,000 men, okay, 12,000 men, and I will arise and pursue after David this night. He wants to pursue after David to kill David. Now, remember, he was working for David, but now he's working for Absalom. So he brought this cancer. Are you getting that? Okay, look at verse 2. And I will come upon him, that's David, while he's weary and weak-handed, and I will make him afraid, and all the people that are with him shall flee, and I will smile the king only. Okay, because he want to make uh, Absalom the next king. Verse 3. And I will bring back all the people unto thee, the man whom thou seekest, is as if all return, so all the people shall be in what? In peace. Verse 4. And the saying, please Absalom well, and all the elders of Israel. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Verse 6 says, Then said Absalom, call now Hushai. Now Hushai was a very close person to David. When David was running away from Absalom, Hushai followed him, and David said, no, go back. <laughs> he said, you go back, God might use you to accomplish some things. You watch over the city and see what is going on there. It's like, I don't want to use the word spy, but this man in the midst of the enemy. You see, it's the same thing I asked us to pray a few months ago or last month. And I said, in any situation, pray for your Reuben. How many of you remember that prayer point? Let there be a Reuben when your matters have been discussed. So let there be a Hushai when your matters have been discussed. Can I hear an amen? So, Hushai heard about this. Now, then said Absalom, call now Hushai, the Akai also, and let us hear likewise what he said. Look at the next verse. And when Hushai was come to Absalom, Absalom spake unto him, saying, Ahitophel has spoken after this manner. Shall we do after his saying? If not, speak thou. Or verse number seven. And Hushai said unto Absalom, the cancer that Ahitophel had given is not good at this time. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Can you get that? It's not good at this time. But the truth is, the counsel is a perfect one. Is that okay? But now, God wanted to use Ahushai to defeat the counsel of Ahithophel so that David's life can be preserved. May God send you Ahushai before you. Are you following this? Okay. Now go to verse 14. For time's sake, go to verse 14. 
Look at what it says. Absalom and all this company agreed that the council of Ahusha, the Akai, was better than the council of Ahitophel. God had determined to discredit the council of Ahitophel so as to bring ruin on who? On Absalom. Can you get that? Perfect thing that Ahitophel have said. God confused it. So there is no man too wise that can bring your destruction when God is watching. No. Practically impossible. God is going to send men around you. Now wherever you are being discussed, wherever you are being planned, you're going to have your who shy? You're going to have your who? Hallelujah. Your Reuben will be there. Your who shy will be there. Praise the living God. Okay. So look at verse 23. Go to verse 23 very quickly. So, verse 23, and this is what it says. When Ahitophel realized that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his donkey and left for his hometown. It is good. People should leave. Wicked people like this should go to their own town. And they are not going there to do anything. I'm going to show you what they'll go there to do. And so shall it be for everyone that is planning your downfall. <laughs> When I used to realize that his cancer was not followed, he saddled his donkey and left for his own time. After making out his will and putting his house in order, he hanged himself and died. He was buried in the family tomb. So shall it be for your enemies. They will be the one to commit suicide. You will not commit suicide. Your life will not be frustrated. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God will frustrate their counsel no matter how perfect it is. Now, this is the point I'm raising here. Why did this guy die? He died because of intimidation. A whole me. Huh? <laughs> Are you getting what I'm talking about? Are you following me now? Is pride out of intimidation resulting from ministry success and God's grace. This is what killed him. He had been so successful at just like an oracle of God. Now his cancer was not taken. It's like saying, how can I face people? Are you following what I'm talking about? Pride born out of the spirit of what? Intimidation. I mean, are you in any group such that when you raise a counsel or a suggestion and people don't take it, how do you feel? Do you know what to do? When there's a call meeting, you don't appear. After all, they don't take what I say. I'm nobody there. I'm telling you, you are being intimidated. You are suffering from the spirit of intimidation. Just because you are in a fellowship and the thing you say was not accepted. Now you are withdrawing. You know what happened? Maybe you were sitting in the front row. Next time you go to the middle. Third time you go to the other one. Now, when you start moving that way, you are gradually backsliding and the next thing you left church. And they say, brother, how are you? I don't feel fine today. Before people hear it, you are in another fellowship. Spirit of intimidation. This is what killed Absalom. May God help you to overcome this spirit. That you say a thing and it's not accepted. It's not a problem for you to leave church. It's not a problem for you to leave fellowship. It's not a, an issue for you to leave the group that you belong to. 
Are you following me? This Absalom's problem. And it's born out of the spirit of what? Intimidation. May God help his church in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me show you. Let me show you a man. You see, God has a way of doing something. When pride is coming into your life, you need to pray for one thing from God. And I'm going to show you that from the Bible. Second Corinthians 12 verse 7. Solution to the problem of Absalom. Success in ministry. Success in a fellowship group. Success as a father. Success as a mother. That when you say a thing in your family and people don't immediately kin to it, then you want to say, okay, this house, all of you will suffer. We will know who is the father. No. I mean, spirit of a heat of faith. Okay. Second Corinthians 12, verse 7. Look at this. Let's take this from the message translation. I think it's going to be better off. Stronger there, I'm sure. Message. Because of the extravagance of those revelations, and so I wouldn't get a big head. I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angel did his best to get me down. I think Satan has a good ministry. No, people always see Satan to be destroyed in spirit. No. Satan's ministry in the hand of God is to humble his children. You have right and left. Am I correct? The left hand of God is Satan's hand. God uses the left hand to beat you and get you back as his son. When it comes to chastisement, he uses the left hand. Are you following what I'm talking about? You will not understand what I'm saying. You are just talking Satan, Satan. No, 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 no. You need to get some things right from the Bible. Look at that. Satan did his best to get me down. What if, what in fact did was push me to my knees. No danger then of walking around high and mighty. No, because he has so much revelation about God. He was becoming puffed up. And God said, you receive this. Read on. Verse number 8. At first, I didn't think it was a gift. <laughs> and I begged God to remove it. Three times I did that. Look at verse 9. And then you told me, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into his own in your weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ strengthening, moving on my word, weakness. Look at verse 10. Now, I take limitation in stride. And with good cheer, those limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accident, opposition, bad breaks, I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. That's how to overcome the spiritual pride. Are you seeing it? So if Ahitophel has gotten this, he wouldn't have gone to commit what? Suicide. Some of you need some things happening to your life. Sometimes you call in the devil. That is God just keeping you in the place where you can still be useful to him. Are you still there with me? Paul was praying. Get this out of my life. God said, no, it's not going. Because if I remove him, because of revelation I give him to you, you will feel too big, big-headed. You won't allow people to talk. You'll be the only one to talk. Because of the little money you have. How many of you understand? Some of us, when we get blessed, we don't even allow people to match. 
They can't step in where we are talking. You sit down. Who are you? Big headed. What do you think God does? He will bring some things to humble you. Hallelujah. Just put you down. So in the place of weakness, more Christ is coming into your life. Now you know you are living by the grace of the Lord. It's not by your strength, nor by your power. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? What am I saying? Don't let the spirit of intimidation or pride kill you. Because you are successful. You become intimidated. People are not recognizing you. They <laughs> hold me. The Ubunigwe of the city. People can't recognize you anymore. You want to, you understand, a whole mean. Huh? Me, I'm talking and you are talking. Are you getting what I'm talking? God will say, okay, if that's the case, I will do something. And that is the love of God. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. Maybe I'll show you one scripture on this. First Corinthians 5. And um, can I say verse 5? Just read that for me very quickly. Let me see if that's what I want. Okay. This is a brother that had a problem with the father's wife. Look at the recommendation Paul gave. To deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that a good ministry? Or not? No, 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 no. Look at that. This is a guy that's fooling around. And Paul is saying, deliver him to Satan. For the destruction of the flesh that his spirit might be saved. In the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that a bad ministry? We're always trying to cast out Satan. But Satan has a good job to do. When you are stupid, he becomes an angel. Are you following me? It's there in the Bible. I'm not reading my own scripture. I'm not talking from my head. Somebody asked me this question two nights ago. If I yes tonight, he said, I think I can get an answer from you. Who created Satan? <laughs> Anyway, let's not go there so that we don't take too much time. Hallelujah. I, I mean, are you following me? Good. So here we find that Paul was humble by being given the ministry of Satan. Now let me show you Saul. And I think I would like to end today with Saul. Because our time is far spent. Okay. You know, time is not a good thing. First Samuel chapter 9. Verse 20. 1 Samuel 9 verse 20. Look at this. And as for thine asses, now this is when Saul and the servant went to Samuel. When they were looking for the lost ass. Remember that? Good. Samuel is saying this. As for the ass that were lost three days ago, set not their mind on them, for they are found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on thee? And all thy father's house. Hallelujah. Look at verse 21. And Saul answered and said, Am not I a Benjamin of the smallest of the tribe of Israel, and my father the least of all the house, family of the tribe of Benjamin? Wherefore thou speakest thou so to me? In other words, why are you making this choice of me? Am I not the smallest man? Hallelujah. Is my father not the smallest house in Benjamin? I'm in the tribe of Benjamin. Benjamin the smallest house in Israel. So why are you addressing me this way? Why are you telling me the whole desire of Israel is towards me? Amen? Alright. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 13 verse number 7. 
We're going to read up to verse 13 very quickly. And some of the Hebrews went over. Now, this is after Saul had been made a king. Is that okay? Right. And there was wars, Philistines, and so on. See, here the Bible says, And some of the Hebrews went over Jordan to the land of God, I mean, God and Gilead. And as for Saul, he was yet in Giga. And all the people followed him, trembling. Read on. And he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not to Giga, and the people were scattered from him. Now you listen to me. They wanted to offer sacrifices because they are about going to war. They sent for Samuel. Samuel delayed for seven days. Is that okay? So what was the next, the next reaction or response to that delay from Saul? And Saul said, bring it a burnt offering to me and peace offerings and he offered the burnt offerings are you there with me go ahead and it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering behold Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him that he might salute him next thing and he said and Samuel said what have that done and Saul said because I saw that the people underlined that I saw that the people were scattered from me and that thou comest not within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered themselves together against Mishmash. Amen? Because the people, that's, I want you to mark that. Next verse. And it says, Therefore said I, the Philistines will come down now upon me to Giga, and I have not made up supplication unto the Lord. I force myself, mark that, therefore, and offer the burnt offering. I did what? I forced myself. So he knew it was not in his position to offer the sacrifice. I forced myself. Two things will happen here. As a king and what? The fear of people. I forced myself. You don't do things that you are not supposed to do. <laughs> what you are not qualified for, stay out of it. Seven days were given. Why can't you wait? Why can't you wait? Hallelujah. Look at verse 13. And Samuel said to, said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established that kingdom upon Israel forever. That means the kingdom is taken away from you. Because you don't what? Foolishly. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Okay, let me read one more story on this man, then I'll give you some fact about the spirit of intimidation. Go to 1 Samuel 15, verse 16. I forced myself, the people, you delayed. Can you get reasons why he did what he did? <laughs> hallelujah. 15, verse 16. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord has said to me this night. And he said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, When thou was little in thy own eyes, <laughs> was thou not made the head of the tribe of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel when you were small. I want you to notice that in your own eyes. Hallelujah. And that is referring to 
1 Samuel 9 verse 21 when he said am I not the least in Israel some of you don't remember where you are coming from some of you don't allow your humble beginning to still keep you so sex will destroy you are you still there with me a lot of people can handle success When you were still humble in your own eyes, when you have not felt too big-headed, let me use the language of Apostle Paul. Did God not make you a king? Just some little gift you got. Just some little money you have. Your head is not swollen. You've forgotten where you are coming from. You've forgotten that yesterday it was difficult for you to feed. That the little money in your account now or the little gift of the word of knowledge or prophecy you have is not making you feel big. God said, when you were small in your own eyes, did God not make you the king? Hallelujah. Look at the next verse. Amen. Look at verse 19. Let me see. That's what I get there. And, Samuel, and the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Verse 19. Wherefore then did thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but did fly upon the spoil, and did evil in the sight of the Lord. Amen. Praise the living God. I just want us to stop there. You know the story. Go and destroy the Amalekites. They went and collected the people. Bring Agag the king, and so on and so forth. He said, I want to offer all of these things to God. Is that what God asked you to do? God said, go and destroy them because these are evil people. Go destroy these people. That's what he said. Follow the simple instruction. So now, what was the problem of Saul? Like he said, when you were losing your own eyes, what was that supposed to mean? Now you have prospered. You have become the king. You are worthy. You, you feel you are too much for yourself, I've been from God. Are you following what I'm talking about? There's a problem. Spirit of intimidation resulting from success. No man is able to control you anymore. No man is able to handle you anymore. <laughs> because of some little grace that you have. Nobody can talk to you. Nobody. Some little grace that you just received is making you feel so thick-headed that nobody can talk to you. Nobody can suggest anything to you. Not even the home, not even the family. I mean, everywhere. Your father can talk to you. Your mother can talk to you. I mean, nobody. Hmm? I've seen parents, I've, seen, I've read stories of, 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 of children who say they can't even talk to their father. Because how do they relate? How do they relate in the home? What do you want? Money? Take the check. And that's all. Take the check. There's so much money. They don't bother. They don't know anything about the life of the children. The children can communicate with them. No. Because they are in wealth. Thick-headedness. Because of little grace. When you were small in your own eyes. So what happened to Saul now? <laughs> Three things I want you to see there. Number one, 
it is not an easy thing to handle success. You can agree with me. When success comes, pride definitely follows. It will take grace for you to stay humble. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? Remember what Saul said? When I saw the people, I forced myself. So he knew he was not supposed to do what he did. <laughs> but he wanted to retain power. He wanted to retain glory. Remember what he said? I fear the people. <laughs> lose sight of God's command to your life. Sometimes when you fear people, you lose the sight of God's command to your life. In other words, you are trusting in the arms of the flesh. You're trusting in the arms of the flesh. I fear the people. They are going to leave me. By implication, they'll leave me. I've lost the kingdom. I've lost everything. But the Bible made us understand God gave this thing to you just like he gave it to Jeroboam. Instead of relying on God, he was trying to rely on himself. I fear the people. May the sight of people not intimidate you. May you not take action because of people. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is a problem. Sometimes when you see people, how many of you understand? Pastors, we, listen, listen, listen. This is very crucial. Sometimes you go to services and you see, instead of the whole hall filled up, you see maybe 10 people. What's your preaching going to be like? <laughs> you change your sermon. Hmm? You are already intimidated because of size. You see, I fear the people. Don't even allow crowd. Don't even allow smallness. Don't even allow people to intimidate you in taking decisions that you are not supposed to take. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Is anybody understanding what I'm saying this morning? I want you to live a peaceful life before God. I want you to live a life that God loves, honors, and respects. I want you to live the life without anxiety in your heart. I want you to know that through humility, you can attain to any height in God. Man will respect you. Hallelujah. Look at the next thing that killed him. Fear of enemies. So you have fear of people. You have fear of enemies. Hmm? He said, this time it's no longer recognizing the man that anointed him into office as king, forgetting the grace he carried. Fear of enemies. He's taking actions now that he wasn't supposed to take. The Philistines will come and they will drive me out of Gilgal. He has concluded. Who told him? Since when has God allowed enemies to defeat Israel in such a manner? Since when will he not recognize the fact that God called him and anointed him even when he never deserved it? Why can't he trust in that same living God? Because I fear the enemies will come and drive me out of Giga. He want to retain his position. Some of you struggle to retain the position God has given to you. You fight to maintain it. You fight to retain it. You don't need to do that. Jesus knowing that he was the son of God and he sent by God took the tower. Are you still following what I'm talking about? 
With the woman of law, I mean the woman are caught in adultery. He that is without stone, without offense, without sin, let him first pick the stone. He will have been the first to pick the stone to stone the woman. But no, intimidation, people's thought, people's feeling, seeking approval from men will not make him to do what he was not supposed to do. Keep your life in the hands of God. Stop acting like you own yourself. And don't allow any position that you are in to get into your head. Not even your age. Because sometimes age also makes you look mad. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Age! Is it me? Do you, do you know how old I am? How many of you understand how people can get offended that you didn't greet them because they are older than you? And maybe you just forgot. Maybe it didn't just strike your mind. Say, this little boy, this little boy, look at the way he walked past me. He couldn't even greet me. As old as I am. What is the problem with your age? Even age can make you get intimidated. That's what I'm telling you. You can be so intimidated because of age. I remember one time an incident. We're in a place and I greeted a brother. Then I was not yet in the faith. I was just coming in just give my life to the Lord or the Lord called me and he didn't know how I gave my life he called me so now I greeted him and he turned to me and said you greeting me like that without adding reverend I said I didn't know you are reverend and that's the truth I never knew it's reverend he said how can I greet him without adding the word reverend and, I mean, and he shouted at the top of his voice man the guy put me off on that day I don't want to greet with reverend or without reverend. I choose not to greet. Are you following what I'm talking about? Even age can make you get what? Intimidated. But you can overcome it. You can overcome the fact that whether you are called reverend or bishop or archbishop doesn't make anything. You are still who you are. It is not the reverend that makes you a son of God. Understand just like Jesus. Because he was the son of God. He knew he was the son of God. Knowing that God has given him all things. He served the people. That should be our disposition as children of God. Does anybody follow what I'm talking about? And if you follow these principles, I'm telling you, you'll get to the height God has for you. Jeroboam will have still been a king, if not for intimidation. Ahitophel will have still been a man, if not for intimidation. Saul will have still retained his office as a king, if not for intimidation. You can overcome all of this intimidating spirit, and you can still retain what God has for you. Listen, everything God has given to you, no man can take it from you. So don't be afraid. I say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Whatever the Lord has blessed you with is permanent. Somebody says Satan is just trying to, yes, to humble you. He can't kill you. Satan can't kill you. Did Satan kill Saul? No, 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 I mean Paul. He can't kill you. He's trying to humble you. So sometimes when Satan comes, you begin to find out why is God allowing this sin to come. Are you still there with me? Because scripture says when you break the edge, serpent will do what? We bite. <laughs> why is God allowing? How many of you remember Isaiah 54? Now we read that and we close. Isaiah 54. Look at verse 16. I will close from there. Did that help anybody this morning? 
<laughs> Glory to God. Isaiah 54, very close, very quickly. Okay. Behold, I have created the smith. The bloody coal in the fire. Who is the smith? Who is the smith here? Satan. And I bring forth an instrument for his work. I've created the wisdom to do what? To destroy. What do you read? The thief come to steal, to kill, and to do what? To destroy. But behold, look at that. Look at the next thing, verse 17. No weapon. Can I hear an amen to that? I said no weapon. Form against thee shall do what? Prosper. No weapon. Take the message translation on that. Message translation, go to verse 16. I create the blacksmith who fires up his fog and makes weapon designed to kill. I also created a destroyer. I don't know if anybody wants to defend God. God can defend himself. <laughs> but no weapon that can hurt you has ever been formed. <laughs> no weapon that can hurt you has ever been formed. In other words, even if they would try to fog the instrument, I take the senses of the one that can hurt you from them. You can't be hurt. I say you can't be hurt. Satan can't hurt you. Witches and wizards can't hurt you. No power can destroy you. No spirit can destroy you. Just overcome the spirit of intimidation. Thinking that one man wants to kill you tomorrow. Nobody's going to destroy you. You are here to live. Can I hear an amen? I say you are here to live. You will fulfill your days. You will fulfill your years. You will fulfill the days that God has given to you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Stand up. I just want to pray with you. In any form. God is able. God is able to preserve, to protect. I want you to begin to talk to God. 